Hey y'all, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review, and share the story. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Turning Point Diaries. Kume, until next time. All of those things and those experiences prepared me for everything that happened thereafter for, in terms of setbacks. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like working out or anything, right? You, if you know how to do that, you know, you, you, you'll be able to do the other thing. If I can do 50 push-ups, I can certainly do 15, you know, like, you know, these things, relatively speaking, they're a lot smaller in scale. Me losing my job is not as bad as, as, as having to pick up a phone and talk to my dad on the other end of a glass. It's not as bad as, as being in the crosshairs as a six-year-old in a shooting. You know what I mean? Things that I remember, those are things that are, uh, those things prepare me for, for life in the corporate world and these kind of setbacks. Hello there, I'm Yonka Kamara. Welcome to Kume Turning Point Diaries, where we share stories of critical moments in our personal and professional lives. Today I'm talking to Erica Brago, a LA native working as a tech professional in New York City at LinkedIn. He shares his story of growing up in South Central LA, being raised by his grandmother in lieu of his incarcerated father and an absent mother. Through this experience, Eric developed an inner fortitude to survive life's vicissitudes. Hello, Eric. Welcome to Kume Turning Point Diaries. So good to have you. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> having me. This is an honor. Yeah, yes. You were one of the first people I told about this show when I had the idea back in January. I told you about it and you're like, you were down to come on the show. So here you are finally on the show. Here we are. I, I don't think either of us expect the, the world to look quite like what it looks like now but we're all still here so that's good yeah we're all, we're both healthy and well and still gainfully employed so that's more than we could ask for right exactly yeah um so just tell us quickly about yourself what you what you do where you are and how you're coping at the moment yeah yeah um so first of all like i said once again just thank you for having me i appreciate that uh, opportunity to be here with you. And um, yeah, so my name is Erica Brego. Um, I live in New York City, originally from Los Angeles, California. Um, I work uh, in tech at LinkedIn, um, where I am the head of, uh, head of program office uh, in our marketing solutions business, working with our, uh, our vice president there. Um, I also used to lead our black inclusion group at the company. So things related to the black community are incredibly important to me. Um, giving back to the community, my community uh, is incredibly important to me. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about <laughs> me. I don't know if I'm missing some detail. I guess we could probably get into some of that. Yeah, um, you are a connector though. <laughs> you seem <I'm> to, <laughs> you seem, something. yeah, you are something, but you, you, I think, cause you've connected me to people and I just, I, your Instagram and you're just you are a connector so I like to say that and just Thank somebody you. also someone who is very aware you know someone who who does the work because just from our conversations and from the things that I see you you're definitely um you prioritize personal development and that's so admirable so I appreciate that thank yeah. you 
And I think I told you like a few days ago, I'm like, you, you inspired me to continue to <laughs> become my, my best self. So it's, it's really nice. So what led you, was there a moment that, you know, led you on this path of personal development? Wow. Um, thinking of like a singular moment, I don't even know if that's the, I don't know if there's like a singular moment. Um, I think it was, I've, so first, I guess I've always had um, a desire to certainly like get as much out of life as possible, right? Um, in terms of experiences, in terms of, people and just all of that like this 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 need for to go out there and really really see what's in the world and I think that in turn as I got older that turned into a desire to to be a better version of myself which would in turn allow for me to to be and get everything I've ever wanted out of life right Um, and that's kind of become my philosophy is where if you if you work hard but also you optimize yourself, you know, you, you put your, your, you know, your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, all of that first, everything else will happen. It'll enrich all your experiences in life. Um, it'll help you perform better professionally. Um, it helps improve your relationships. I think that I would even say over like the last two years, even not even looking at like four years or any interval like that, I've grown a lot as a person, but yeah, it's all, I, I, my philosophy now, I could, I could boil down quite literally to, to be the best version of you. Yeah. It wasn't a, 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 some, a moment that kind of led you on this path? Yeah, so I guess, you know. Um, or to embrace so the, this kind of mentality. Yeah, I think it was, I think it's more of a mentality. You know, I've always believed in this idea of self-efficacy, like where you, you know, you work hard, you put forward, you know, if you want to get something, there's a bunch of intermediate steps that need to be taken in order for you to get there, right? Um, if you want a certain job, if you want a certain, um, if you want anything, quite frankly, uh, there's a series of steps that have to happen in the interim in order for you to ultimately get there, right? It's like driving a car, you know, you, you know, you can't, you don't just arrive at the location. Yeah. You have to you have to get on the road, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people are usually usually nervous about the road ahead, right? And that kind of keeps people at a standstill. Yeah. So what's what's been your road? What what was your what were you doing before LinkedIn? Yeah. So before LinkedIn, I was um, I was working um, at a financial institution as a uh, as an administrative assistant, which. Uh, it's kind of like a role I just fell into, honestly. And I mean, I mean, not at that company, but before that, it wasn't a career path by any means that I was, that I had um, intentionally sought, sought out, but nonetheless, I learned a lot from, you know? So for me, it was, I left college uh, in 2011. I didn't leave there with a college degree. So um, I really had to scramble. I moved back home in LA for a little while and came back and really had to mm-hmm. scramble to find um, some opportunities. Um, and I went on Craigslist and I just sent this boilerplate message to every single ad that was out there and finally landed a job, um, at a great, uh, small digital media startup, um, was working there for three years and then landed at this other job, um, in a totally different sector before I landed at, uh, where I am today. 
Um, you had mentioned to me before that you had experienced before LinkedIn at a at, a, at another time in your life, you had experienced a job loss. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk? Can you talk about that? Yeah, certainly. Um, so yeah, so um, before I was, you know, employed at this incredible company that I'm at now, you know, um, I was. Uh, I was let go. I was, I was, I was, you know, it's always a weird, uncomfortable topic mm. to bring up, but nonetheless, it's one that certainly helped me grow. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I did, I, I got let go from that job. There's no other way to put it, you know? And I think that, um, the onus of that was on me. Um, I think I was certainly not mature enough at the time. I don't think I was where I my head was where it should be, you know, when I talk about all the things as it relates to, you know, your physical and mental health and all that stuff, I don't think I was prioritizing any of that. And I think that in turn that it, that, um, you know, that hurt my ability. Um, and I suffered for it professionally. Um, now do I, do I take all responsibility for it? I will not. Um, I don't think that, I think that's certainly a two way street, but nonetheless, um, it hurt, you know, I mean, I think whenever you, you get let go from a position, um, there's no other way you take it personally, especially when it's, uh, it's involuntary and it's not a part of like a layoff, if you will, you know, so it's directly as a result of something that you have done. Um, and we all take that very differently and I, and I'm no different. You know, I remember the last day sitting on those, standing on those steps of that company. It was weird. It's just like out of a movie, you know, um, I had my box of stuff, you know, it, it was, it was a bit of a, of a period between when I found out the news and when I left, it wasn't like a, you know, a one and done, you're gone situation. It was a bit of a, you know, three, three weeks to a month period um, between when that news was communicated to me versus when I ended up leaving the company. Um, you know, and I had a box of my stuff, the last of my belongings from my desk and, and, and took it downstairs. And, you know, my, my manager at the time, we walked to the steps and shook hands and went our separate ways. Um, and, um, I stood there for a while cause I was waiting for an Uber. Um, unfortunately that Uber never showed up cause there was a lot of traffic in the area. So it made it even a little bit more humiliating because it was a Friday, I remember, and there was all these colleagues <laughs> and this, here's it, me with my box waiting for this Uber that seemed like it was taking an eternity to get there. And, um, you know, they're saying bye and people were wishing me luck and everything. Some just, you know, just you know, turn their heads the other way, like this is awkward. Um, but nonetheless, it taught me some incredibly valuable lessons, but more importantly, it taught me a lot about myself. Um, because one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm in this part, you know, is not uncomfortable. I'm proud of myself for it is when it initially happened, when I initially found out the news, um, you know, it was a gut punch by, you know, it was, um, but I was more impressed with myself, especially more so looking back at it, at how much I let that roll off my back. As soon as I got the news, boom that that's unfortunate that doesn't feel good but i was right back at it you know um and i don't say that as like you know as a braggart i i really i was impressed by my ability i think also because i had to right you know you either gonna get a job or you're gonna be left out here in the cold so um you know i just hit the ground running you know i said okay fine that is what it is that's the past now um and 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 onward you know i started applying to more jobs talking to more people 
um, you know, pulled those suits out and, and, and acted like everything was, you know, like I was the hottest commodity in the world, you know, and I think that that is, is, is really what helped get me through it because I realized, yes, I made mistakes, but I'm certainly not those mistakes. And then, um, you know, I just went out there and, and I, I treated every day like a job, even though I didn't have a job at the time. I went out there and I, I applied, I went on interviews. Um, I turned down stuff that I didn't think were, uh, was, was good for me. Um, and I really took control of it. And I was very, like I said, I was very, I was very proud of myself for that. It's, it's like, I just got up and, and kept going. Was that just an external um, presentation or did you really truly felt that inside? Like, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm really the hottest commodity um, versus like, that's just how you presented yourself when you went on interviews. You, you know what it was, Yoka? Honestly, I, I honestly didn't. It wasn't a facade. It wasn't any of that. It was honestly, I feel like some of the, the anger that you feel a little bit about these kinds of things. I think what I did is that turned into a, a real like burning desire to to win you know what i mean and and i know how people take loss setback we all take it in different ways and that's okay because we're human and, and that's part of the human spectrum the emotional spectrum and, and all of that but fortunately enough for me i didn't like it, it like i said it was very much an in the moment thing because that's a lot of what my life has been my life has been filled with any number of setbacks that are far worse than that um and I think that those experiences before certainly helped make this one a lot easier to handle. Not literally in the moment when you find out the news, but as soon as I walked out of that room, it was like back to normal. This is what it is. Because it wasn't the first time I got some news on the job front where it was like, oh, you know. Um, but this one was the one that, you know, I feel like I put in a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort. Um, and yeah i took it as like deeply personal rejection because it was uh that's what it was to me but yeah no i just kept going i got up and and back at it back at it and i think i was so caught up in the motions of getting you know this i want to win i want to go out like that i didn't even think about it anymore it's almost like i had never that never happened so it was it was strange from a psychological perspective and that's a really good question because it didn't it wasn't because there was nobody around really either you know it's like you're feeling at home you got to just you know who are you put on an app for so you've already expressed to us that you once you got this news obviously it was a, a gut, like a punch to the gut but at the same time you were you were confident in yourself right you were confident that you were going to be okay and can you talk more about that like where that kind of instinct came from right and that sense of self that sense yeah. of like I'm more than I'm I'm more than this. Like this is just like you said, this is just a this is just a setback. Yeah. So this is this is a this is who I am, like a failure. Yeah. I so I love I love the question, you know, and I think that this is a part of the secret sauce a little bit is like if you had to if if there was something that it, it, I wish I could I could breathe prescriptive with people who don't have it or you just like this is some. This is what you do in order to be that. Um, is really in these moments of setback where you really discover who you are. But I think in part is because of my entire life trajectory, right? 
So I grew up, you know, and, and, you know, going through a little bit of story that I didn't touch on when we started off this podcast, you know, and I've, I've certainly talked about this in, in other forms, but, you know, I grew up in a, in a single parent household, right? I grew up by, I was raised by my grandmother, uh, my dad's mom. My dad did 20 years in prison. He was in prison throughout my childhood up until my sophomore year of college. Um, I didn't grow up with my mother around, right? Um, I still have not at least, you know, consciously, like, as far as I know, met my mother, you know, I know she, obviously, I came out of her, I know all of that, but I was not around her, right, so I didn't grow up with my mother, so I grew up in this environment, you know, in South Central Los Angeles, you know, with a single grandmother, um, you know, in an area, you know, my uncles were gangbangers, and, and, you know, our house got shot up and stuff, and, and there were setbacks, so I think once you kind of that kind those kinds of experiences prepare you for anything else that comes thereafter right like because to me growing up those were just normal experiences you know our house our house was shot up many number any number of times I've been in any number of shootings in the crosshairs of them um you know visiting growing up visiting my dad uh in prison on the weekends like these are all things that contributed to what I would describe as my own resilience because if you can it's not even things that are conscious that's why I had to even think about it for a moment and say okay where did that come from um but I'm not even conscious of it because it's just my life right and then you get to college and you're like okay because we all know in America or in the world college is one of these things that are supposed to you know be the great you know uh you know equilibrium like it's supposed to be that equalizer that thing that makes us all you know, it's going to put us all on the same footing in terms of education and finances and everything. But then I end up not graduating. So that's another setback. Now that's another piece of anxiety. So all of those things and those experiences prepared me for everything that happened thereafter for, in terms of setbacks. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like working out or anything, right? You, if you know how to do that, you know, you, you, you'll be able to do the other thing. If I can do 50 push-ups, I can certainly do 15, you know, like, you know, these things, relatively speaking, they're a lot smaller in scale. Me losing my job is not as bad as, as, as having to pick up a phone and talk to my dad on the other end of a glass. It's not as bad as, as being in the crosshairs as a six-year-old in a shooting. You know what I mean? Things that I remember, those are things that are, uh, those things prepare me for, for life in the corporate world and these kind of setbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You yeah. know, everything you've said just to me, um, you exemplify what a survivor is. Would you, would you characterize yourself as a survivor? You know, I never thought of it that way, but I mean, I, I certainly don't disagree with the characterization at all because, uh, it is, you know, um, growing up in an environment like that, is indeed it, it it's a war zone it's a war zone in the literal sense and and it's it's a lot of the time it's psychological warfare as well um you know and and i i don't i think that's what i think that's a spot-on way to put it um and especially when you when i think a survivor you know it's so funny i don't even think of myself i think about all the people who did not survive which is unfortunate and i know I think of my own life and not even so much consciously all the time, but I know that that's in part what drives me. It's like so many people whose potential 
from my background, from my community that are far more intelligent than, than me, who's had their, their hopes, their dreams, their lives, quite literally sometimes, just snuffed out for no other reason but the circumstances, you know? Um, so I was lucky, you know? And that's why I think that the, the survivor term as well as one I haven't thought about putting in those words and that word, I think is one that's certainly uh, applicable here. Yeah. It makes sense, it's fair, it's a good one. Yeah, so what, when you think of home now, what do you think of, you know? Cause you said you think about all those people, right? Um, yeah. But what does home represent to you now? Oh man, that is a deep question. This is like therapy now. <laughs> um, I don't, you know what? That, no, that's one I have given thought. I don't think of, I don't think of my life in any sense of permanence like that. I don't think of a home, you know? And once again, that can go back to childhood and everything. Because one thing I've always wanted to do is, is, is get out of the circumstances I was in. And that's a shout out to my grandmother, right? It, you know, when we had the means, she'd take us to, to a restaurant, one of the chain restaurants that weren't in our neighborhood. So you got to realize like, okay, there are people whose houses uh, don't look like this and people who don't have to go in the house when the lights, you know, when, when, the, when the sun goes down. There are people out there who get to live their lives in ways that I don't get to live in, um, you know, so me, I've always been running away a lot of the time from the environment that I've grown up in. So I, you know, while I grew up in South Central, I never thought that that would be a permanent place, you know, because I, I do associate it with a lot of trauma, but also living in New York and, 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 and being here now, I also don't feel, I love New York, but, you know, I move a lot here like any, any number of people do, you know, you move to a new apartment. So I don't even think of my, I don't, I don't think of, I think of home as, uh, as something deeper inside of you, you know what I mean? And I think that that element has honestly, you know, when we go back to the story about job loss and everything, it's about going deep, you know? And I think that's the way a lot of people who use that characterization, again, survivors, that's what you tend to do, because you understand, you know, if we're talking about war zones or people who grow up in war zones and things like that, it's usually just them, you know, maybe them in a bag, you know, moving around. And usually what they have to do is go deep inside themselves. And, and that's where your solitude is. That's where your comfort is. That's where everything that we associate with a physical location like home really is. It's, it rests inside you. And I, I honestly, you know, that's what I think of. You know, I went to Japan last year by myself and I was at peace, not only because I was in a location that I love, but also I was, I was with me. I was at home. I was at home because I was me. I was alone in solitude with myself. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, I have yet to go to Japan and I'm still trying to find like, like you, I'm still, I'm learning how to find home within myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Cause it's, it's, I think for so, for many of us, we are, we are brought up on this idea of home being a physical place. Yeah. and not yourself and so sometimes you can move and go to many different places and things around you can be all beautiful but you're really not at peace right because your insides are not inside of you is not it's you're you don't want to uh, inhibit uh, inhabit where you live which is yourself right yeah <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> the, you have to come home to yourself every single day right when you go to bed like right yeah. so um but yeah i think it's a great 
it's a, a challenge for all of us to think of what home is and and creating that sense of home for ourselves, whatever, right? Yeah, I, and that's why I think like you know we talk about you know going back to this whole philosophy that I said that I said I adopted around getting better. One component of that, as you're you're aware, is meditation, right? Mm -hmm. You know, now that's something that I do. People have other ways of of, of you know finding emotional and mental peace for me is meditation it has been meditation for like two years now and really just that 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 doing all those exercises and stuff is really even further that like that ability for me to really say you know what it's all within me you know this is this is within me to do um i gotta be comfortable with myself and i, and I would certainly urge you know anybody listening to to certainly spend some time with yourself i think that's what a lot of us have an issue with we look for stimuli external stimuli a lot of the time um you know whether it be a significant other whether it be you know some people might be drugs might be alcohol it might be any number of things but no one will ever find home until you find yourself so you got to find yourself first i think for many of us we have meditative practices but it's not what we people think of traditionally as meditation, yeah. right? Most yeah. people think of meditation as closing your eyes and doing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Zen, like mm -hmm. a Zen kind of thing, but that's not necessarily meditation, right? There's all kinds yeah. of ways to meditate yeah. and be yeah. with yourself. So yeah. at what point in your life did you start doing meditation? Or what, yeah. how, what was it and how has it evolved? Yeah, so it's funny, I think it was, um, this one, this this part of the story is not as as uh, cool and inspiring as maybe as, as some of the other stuff I said. Not saying any of that was cool or inspiring either, but um, I heard some some you know some executives that I knew did it, right? And these are people that when I look at them, um, I see people that are at peace with themselves, people that can stay even killed during stressful situations while still adding value to the people around them. These are people that I think of as leaders and charismatic. And that's what, you know, someone had mentioned it in passing, you know, blah, 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 you know, uh, meditates. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, so it's super serendipitous, you know, you get served like an ad or something. And I, I end up downloading one of these, one of these applications and I started doing it and, and I just stuck with it. Right. And that was that was the that was what got me into meditation but but that that ability or that 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 want to to be better as i mentioned at the top of this has always been there right so i guess to some degree yes you can't directly attribute all of this to meditation but nonetheless you know it played a role a lot of it has to do with the, once again, just the, the want and desire to be the best version of myself. You know what I mean? If you can come from these environments, you, you owe it to yourself. You owe it, I owe it to my grandmother. I owe it to everyone who's ever spent time with me and, and did things that they didn't have to do for me. I owe it to them and to me to try to really go out there and live my life to my full potential. And part of that is, is, is making sure that I'm equipped to live my life to my full potential. So that means, you know, to me, once again, meditation, you know, working out, like eating right, you know, reading, studying, trying to get better as a person. Yeah. I also, I also meditate and awesome. I was fortunate enough to be introduced to it 
at my first job out of college and we mm -hmm. actually had uh, a board member who believed so strongly was at a nonprofit at a foundation I'm going to say the name of the foundation, yeah. uh, but a board member who really believed strongly on meditation and was like, I want the staff at this organization to also um, deal, also learn how to meditate. So um, I got trained in transcendental meditation and later on found out how expensive it was. And I was like, oh, wow. what, a, what a gift, right? And it's interesting, once you start a certain kind of habit or practice, how mm -hmm. your world opens up and how you realize other people around you are also like yeah. this. So like I, when I started meditating, I thought I had discovered something new. Right. So like uh -huh. everybody I spoke to, I was like, I did TM, I did TM, yeah. you know, like 20, 22, 23 year old me. I'm like TM, TM. And people were yeah. like, I do TM too. I did. And I'm like, Whoa, like you never told me this. Right. But yeah. then I wasn't surprised because I'm like, it makes sense. You're like, these are all these people who are so self-aware right yeah and it's like oh it makes so much sense right mm -hmm. so you think about like as i get older the practices i start to incorporate in my life and i'm thinking like it's helping me you know and then people tell me that they do it too and i'm like it makes sense yeah right like these are people i admire and they're doing these things and they are who they are because they're doing the work right because because um they're really invested in themselves like you said invested in um and they owe it to themselves and to the people around them and the people who have contributed to their life to be the best version of themselves, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to be exactly who they want you to be, <laughs> but who you want to be, right? And I think that's so important. So who do you want to be, Eric? <laughs> As a kid, who did you want to be? I'm curious to know. I honestly, in that, that one, I'm going to, I'm going to have to say, like, I, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't, I don't, I have never wanted to be, um, anything explicit. You know, I get accused of like, oh, you know, you want to be president, you want to be this, you want to be that. For me, really what it is, um, is I just want to be, once again, I want to know what happens if I go out there and I, I, um, I'm being the best version of myself. What happens when I go out there and I really commit to um, bettering myself? You know what I mean? If, if, if I do those things, what comes out of so far, so good, right? Um, and I just noticed the more work that I put in and trying to be better, a better person, um, healthier person, the more that comes out of it. And, and if I, I'm just excited to see what comes next you know, um, by just doing the work. And that's what I would urge anybody is just, uh, if you, especially if, if you know who you want to be, then that's even better because now we can, we can, you know, you have a, you have a direction. Now you need to just map out the steps to get there. But for those who might not know who they want to be, I would certainly say, start off with what we call the table stakes, right? Take care of yourself. You know, you're, um, you know, make sure that you're mentally sharp, you know, read, do all that. Um, make sure you're emotionally sound, you know, get in touch with, with those parts of yourself that you might not, and you'd be surprised how many people aren't, I might say most people aren't in touch with what they, what they're feeling, you know, they yeah. kind of, and that, that manifests itself in other ways. So I would say it's, it's mental sharpness, mm -hmm. emotional, uh, wellness, uh, physical fitness and meaning and purpose. If you can do those four, those core 
components you can you can manifest those four components in life you will go very far you will add value to yourself you will add value to those around you um, and that's the advice I would give to anybody who especially doesn't have like an explicit direction or they want to go in it'll start to really start to help you figure it out though yeah uh, by by saying who you wanted to be I didn't necessarily mean by profession uh -huh. I mean a sense of the kind of person you gotcha. want to be right I think mm -hmm. sometimes we have a sense of the kind of person like either because we've seen family members who are not so nice you're like I don't want to mm -hmm. be that mean you know you're like I don't want to be like this I don't want to be you know so I wasn't necessarily saying a profession but what kind of person you wanted yeah. to be what kind of person did I want to be I mean I I want to be I want to add value. I want to add value to people's lives. You know, um, I want to leave people better off than I found them. Um, I'm a people person. I like people. Um, I would say that that's what it is. Um, when I'm not here anymore, how many people are going to say something positive about me? You know, um, that's, that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be the person that adds value to people's lives. I want to be unforgettable in that in that in, in that regard. Um that's how I would describe it. I can't think of a series of traits, but I, I can think of some traits that would help you become that kind of person that people remember when you're you're no longer here. You know, you're somebody who added once again who added value to their lives, who helped them when they might have needed it. Um, who was there to be a helping hand, a, a kind ear, someone who made them laugh, someone who 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 inspired them. You know, I, that's the kind of, you know, I, I will let other people be the judge of what kind of person they think, you know, uh, I am based on their experiences with me because that is, that is a good indicator too. I know some of the ways that you're you you were adding value, and I would love for you to talk more about that, including your work at LinkedIn um heading the um the black inclusion black inclusion group yeah the black inclusion group can you talk more about that and what what your yeah. role has been yeah so i led the black inclusion group i use the past tense led because i am no longer the leader uh we have some incredible leaders there now um so i led the organization and uh, my partner and i stepped down um at the beginning of july uh did that for two years and it was an it was an incredible experience honestly um and some of the work we did there in part the impetus for even going out there and being part of that and wanting to do that was because i wanted to give back to my community i wanted to give back to black people and people who look like me um and some of the work we did there you know i think somebody had described us as like a a uh a very well-run not-for-profit organization. I, I like that characterization because I think that's the way we try to lead the organization is, is how do we help the, how do we help recruit more people that look like us into the company that has this awesome mission? How do we, how do we help other people outside of our four walls realize their own potential in their respective environments? How do we start conversations? Um, how do we help kick off conversations um, that are important to our community? How do we bring people that don't look like us along for the journey? How do we help educate them about who we are as a people and what our what our backgrounds are and, and our struggles and our you know our successes? 
Um, and I think that showed up in a lot of the programming we did. You know, we, we did hundreds of events and launched tens of initiatives throughout uh, my leadership uh, term, in, term in office uh, that focused on uplifting our community, both internally and externally. You know, um, and um, you've been involved with some of that, you know, and that was incredibly important. That's part of, of, of uh, how we really got to know each other is, is that conversation that we had in Harlem, um, which, you know, we, uh, we talked about on our platform on LinkedIn, right? Um, having conversations like that, like that kind of stuff is important. Um, so that's, that's, that's what it was about. It was like uplifting our community, both internally, externally, and making sure that we're given opportunity to people that look like us and bringing that opportunity. Yeah. And thank you again for um, including me because that was such a, it was first of all an amazing day overall, but it was just so incredible how you were able to just bring people from different industries and fields together, yeah. right? And to show that like, even though we may be working in different industries, our experiences mm -hmm. in many ways are very similar, mm -hmm. right? Because of the challenges that we face as black people, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, in the workplace, right? And so um, I thank you for, you know, continuing to create spaces for, for us and people mm -hmm. like us to, to talk about that, to talk and to share our experiences. Because I think it's, it's so important. And I th that's also one of the reasons why I created this platform as well, right? To have people share muted but meaningful experiences, yeah. right? Because we can learn so much from one another and we can also come up with better solutions because it's one thing to think that this, you're, you're the only one experiencing this. But once you realize that so many other people are realizing this mm -hmm. and that's not just specific, because it's easy for me to say, oh, this is, you know, development specific, right? Challenge or philanthropic um, challenge when it's actually, no, you can find that in finance. You can find that in um, what's so uh, culinary. You can find that, you know, in the music industry. And that's what you, you were able to do. You were able to have people from all these really yeah. interesting um, industries come together and talk about challenges that are actually very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, I think that's important is like just allowing folks to, to really, you know, giving them the space to, to, to figure out who they are. And I don't think that a lot of us, for one reason or another, do that. Like we don't, you know, and it's, it's, we don't, a lot of us don't spend enough time with ourselves to, to really understand what it is, who we are, what we are, and what we, it's, you know, aspire to be. And I think, you know, doing what we did in Harlem was that opportunity to really um, understand not just each other, because we were standing around a table, but also to understand ourselves. When you sit there and you have to articulate yourself, you're expressing things that you feel, your own value system. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the space um, to do that. And a lot of times, because they don't create it for themselves to do that. And I think that if more people really did try to, once again, try to find home within themselves, um, they'd be a lot better off and the world would be a lot better off. So any role that I could play in helping facilitate that search for home, uh, I'm willing to help, you know, and that was part of the way I think even our roles is, as, as leaders of the Black Inclusion Group at LinkedIn uh, really helped us to do. I think I could think of one 
one very tangible example of that, quite literally helping someone find geographical home is an event we held in which um, we helped three members of our organization. We, we, we worked with a company called African Ancestry, which traces um, your roots back to the tribe in Africa, right down to the tribe in the country in which you came from. And um, we did that. Like we, we administered, uh, the company administered these DNA tests and we told three members of which part, right down to the tribe in Africa in which they were from. And when you talk about self-discovery and understanding who you are, part of that is your identity. And being able to do something like that was, was powerful, not for just, just for them, but for us and being able to help facilitate that and that search for home and that search for self. Um, that was powerful for me. It was powerful for those in attendance and most importantly, it was powerful for those and, and useful for those who had the opportunity to participate and do that. So if I can play a role in that, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a life well lived. Definitely. So what's um, next with you with that? <laughs> uh, wait, with what, which part? Um, well, you're no longer leading the black inclusion, yeah. but I'm confident that you are continuing to, um, as you say, add value, <laughs> continue to yeah. uplift and empower um, people that look like you. Yeah, yeah, wow. Um, that's a very timely topical question. So first I'm focused on this new role um, internally, you know, it's a, it's a big job. So I definitely wanna make sure that I'm, I'm focused there. But um, unfortunately I cannot share too much about some of the other stuff, but there I am, uh, we're working on some very, I'm working on some very exciting uh, stuff right now. And I'm, I'm, I am, I am, uh, I'm very excited about, I think it's going to be something meaningful to our community um, and add a lot of value. And, and I am, like I said earlier, like I, I didn't know which direction my life, you know, would take but I'm very happy it's going in this direction. I'm glad that I'm able to add value in these new ways. But yes, there is some more, you know, I'm very much aligned to the company's mission of, of creating economic opportunity, uh, but specifically for black folks. So we're, with that said, I'm working on some, some exciting stuff around that, around that effort and that, around that thinking. So more to come there, you know, we're <laughs> friends. So you will yeah. definitely, you'll yeah. definitely know about it and, and hopefully hear about it. And hopefully it's, uh, it all works out. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. And I know it's going to be amazing because yeah. you're, you're going to be one of the people leading it. And oh, I, thank you. you're a leader. <laughs> thank you. I'm curious to know, is, what's, is your grandma, first of all, before I ask the question, is your grandma still living? Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. My grandmother is very young. My, my <laughs> mom and dad had us in high school. So oh, she, wow, okay. she, unfortunately, yeah, and it's part of the, when I talk about all the setbacks in life that could prepare me for moments like, you know, professional setbacks. These other setbacks are much, much larger, uh, relatively speaking. So anyway, she, she, she actually got diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2013. Sorry um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it happens. Um, this is part of life. And once again, I think that uh, it was one of the harder things that I've dealt with. Um, you know, so, um, you know, we take it a day at a time. Um, you know, I think one thing, it's unfortunate that she is not in the state of mind. No, 
now how much the hard work that she put into into me and my brother and her kids, uh, her own kids, and she's not here to see the fruits of that of that of that labor. Um, but that's in part that's a big part that keeps me going is like knowing that I need to live up to if she could do everything that she did every day, wake up at five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, wake us up, make sure we we got up and went to school and and she put food on the table and never made us feel like we had less than we actually did, then I owe her everything everything that I'm doing is is I have to do it. I I don't really have much of a choice because to me I'd be I'd be doing a disservice to her and everything that she did. And I certainly, while she, like I said, while she can't enjoy it and see it, nonetheless, I want, I want to make sure I'm living up to the work ethic she had and the, everything that she did. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, my question, first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your grandma. I also have a grandparent who's dealing, who has Alzheimer's and it's, it's hard, right? It's, 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 definitely a challenge but um but I know that even though she might not be able to really like you said be able to really see and understand everything that you have been able to accomplish um I know that I can say that she's very probably very very proud of you right and um proud of the man that you've become because my question was gonna be you know what's your relationship and what does she think of the man that you've become but you've kind of already touched yeah. on that given well yeah i mean there was a time when she wasn't sick i mean um you know i think a lot of it was new to her you know um but i definitely knew she was proud you know she bragged all the time you know she would never let you know about it but to everybody all her all her friends and everything <laughs> and family you know how this goes i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure your dad and and does the same thing so um yeah it's no different you know i always knew that the steps that i took when she was in, in, you know, she had her mental faculties. I know that she was, she was proud then. So I know if she was proud then, she'd be even more proud now. Not aside from any material thing or professional success, she'd just be very proud of the fact that I'm still here. Uh, I'm not in prison. Um, and that I'm working every day to try to become a better person, you know? Um, I think she, those things in and of itself, she'd be very, she'd be very happy about. So got to keep going in that regard. I'm really, really moved right now with your story. And, um, and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk, to share, um, and be open, right? I think that's so important. It takes, I think it takes a lot to be, to share. Yeah. You, you'll be surprised how many people can't even share, you know, how many people um, might have the same story as you, but they don't feel comfortable enough to, to say it. And who knows by them hearing your story and they might be inspired to, to walk into their, their workplace and say something and share who they are, right? Because uh, like you said, we're always trying to find home, right? And if we're comfortable and can say it to ourselves. Like there was a, this uh, Maya Angelou um, quote that's tell the truth to yourself first, right? So, love that. Love that. <laughs> and then tell it to the children. <laughs> exactly. So, 
you know, by telling yourself this first, I think that's why you're so, you're able to be so open. Like, I know that like when I met you, I was like, the, you just have that openness to you, right? It's because yeah. you've come to terms and you've been, you've told yourself, you found home within yourself, right? So, yeah. so thank you for that. And I hope that other people, many other people are able to find home within themselves. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the time and, and allowing me to be here and, and talk to you about this stuff. And to your point, to, to what you just said, I mean, hopefully it does. Um, telling this story is not just is is not just good for me. You know, it's also hopefully it inspires somebody else to to really take a moment and say, um, you know, you you should really you know come to terms with yourself and figure yourself out. And um, yeah, so at the very least. Hopefully this this conversation has done that. It's it's um, inspired someone to really go out there and uh, try to understand themselves and become the best version of themselves. So thank you for uh, allowing me to be here. Thank you, Eric. Take care. Thank you. Everybody okay. have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Dynamics featuring more box. <laughs>